0: Alrighty. Well, let's get started. Hey, Kat. Hey, Tanya. What are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about one of my favorite things, digital detox. And in the past, I've done a spring digital detox several years in a row where I asked people just to think about it and take a whole month. Usually I do the month of April where you refrain from using your tech devices. Now you're
0: are you successful when you do that
1: you know uh, i am and most of my people that say they will do it tell me they are now i don't even attempt it anymore because you and i are podcasting on what we were doing twice a week and then you know everything has just gotten it's gotten harder to to do that now but there's also you know when you look at digital detox what does it mean it's just picking a period of time that you're going to refrain from using tech devices like smartphones and televisions and computers your tablets social going to social media sites getting sucked down those holes. it's really a way to help focus on real life social interactions without distractions i mean how many times do you go to dinner and you look at families around you and everyone in the family's on the phone Mm -hmm. at dinner out Mm -hmm. in public isn't that sad yeah
0: i I do think that it's relative or it's important for you and I to reference like you said here already is that sometimes it is impossible like you have a job and part of Mm -hmm. your job is working on a computer and you can't be like sorry I'm on my Monday or my April you know no technology so I can't work (laughs) for you for this month you know what I mean like so sometimes it's a little bit impossible to make that digital detox happen but I do think that there are ways to make it happen Mm -hmm. and you know like you say dedicate specific times for no technology, like no mm-hmm. technology at the dinner table. That was a rule while when our kids first got their phones was like, nope, sorry, no technology at the dinner table, mm-hmm. you know, and that was something that we respected. And now, you know, my husband and I, there are times where we'll be sitting and, you know, he'll he'll be popping on his email and I'll be like, dude, are you going to put that down? And then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. he'll flip it over kind of thing. Like, I'm like, there are times and places for it. But one of the things like that I I want to reference. When we get a little bit later into the podcast is not only could it be times of the day, but it could be rooms in the house, mm-hmm, which I think is is kind of fun. And we can reference that a little bit later in the podcast. But instead, let's let's run down the road of the how and the why. Like, why should we do this? Like, really, you know, well, we'll no. Do
1: you do you have a list of reasons?
0: Um, I do, but you can get started. I'm sure that I'll add it. <laughs>
1: Well, there's a lot of reasons that you may want and I and I do want to go back to what you said about times, because in a perfect world, maybe we would all give up our phone for a month, but it isn't realistic. But if if you spend some time giving up times and giving back to yourself, that's self-care. Giving yourself a break. My mother-in-law's eyes are killing her right now from she's working on a book. And so she's on the computer typing. Then she reads the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and Barron's. She's a finance girl, but she reads that every single day on the computer, her eyes are killing her. So if, you know, just for your own physical health also is another good reason to give it up. And you might find that you like, enjoy, you enjoy being with yourself.
0: Yeah, no. And, and what, what you and I are currently speaking of is a true digital detox and digital meaning like most things that require electricity, like just in general, mm-hmm. like n- nothing that has a screen. So no televisions, no computers, no cell phones, like that's a digital de- detox. But there are other ways to do detoxes that don't have to be all of those things. Maybe you do a social media detox and for mm-hmm. a month you don't go on social media. You know, you answer a cell phone or you respond onto a text message, but you don't go onto Facebook or onto Twitter or onto, you know, Instagram or whatever it is. So there are many different detoxes you can do, again, finding which one seems to be your biggest nemesis and then, you know, allowing yourself to remove it for a time or whether it's a time of day or a month or whatever your choices are. But I do think that it's interesting. The article that I read from New York Times was about how technology doesn't actually make us More stressed, but it's like what you say it's what we do with the information. So it's not the technology that's actually stressing us out, but it's our response to what we read Mm -hmm. or see that's actually more harmful to us. And I think it's also interesting to see that their research through Rutgers University actually says that women are more affected by not so much the, oh, I got to keep up with the Joneses or I need my body to look like that body, but we're actually more negatively affected by seeing sad news, hearing about a friend who's lost a job, hearing about a friend with a cancer diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Those things are what are actually hurting us in a physiological way that we really had no idea about. And it's partly framed from the sense of, wow, I'm so disconnected that I didn't even know my friend had this thing happen to them I had to find out through the media so there's guilt that goes along with it there's shame that goes along with it like right there's there's this whole myriad of stuff or it's like oh my gosh I haven't talked to them in so long and now I just found out that their sister died and I had no idea right like so it's just this whole like craziness of it it's it's sometimes really hard for us to disconnect from the emotions that go with it. And that's what causes that stress response in us when we're dealing with social media and technology. Now, from the digital standpoint, the reasons why we need to get rid of the digitals from our homes, from our lives, and here we are, we're like, no, 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 I want smarter things. I want a smart refrigerator. I want a smart, you know, like we're literally inundating ourselves with smarter and smarter technology, right? But the proof is, is that what we do know from that research is that it does increase our anxiety. If your refrigerator is beeping at you, telling you you forgot the milk, that's a little bit more stressful than if you just come home and you're like, oh, shit, I forgot the milk. But now every time you open up the refrigerator door, it's like, beep, beep, you forgot the milk. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it it has heightened our response to it, right? Mm -hmm. The other is an increase in our impatience. Like we're like, oh, I forgot the milk. We need to go now, like, right, as opposed to, okay, well, I'm just going to figure out how to make my recipe without it, and I'll get the milk tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like, it's creating this really rapid response time, and it's no different than your cell phone. If we have it on our wrist and it beeps us sooner than we would have looked at our phone, that rapid response time is increased, right? Mm -hmm. The same with it's a decrease in our focus, and you and I talked about this distress actions when we get that little beep beep alert that tells us oh and then we're distracted like here I was mm-hmm. on a pole and I was doing six things and then I felt the beep beep on my watch and I looked at it and then, boop, I was totally yeah distracted. I've
1: gotten now where I put so many so many times when I'm doing things I'll put my phone on airplane mode because I don't want to turn it off because it takes a few seconds for it to start back up sometimes but I do put it on airplane mode pretty often now because I don't want it to I don't want to be disturbed but you know one thing that bothers me about a lot of the technology use. A lot of teenagers in particular go to bed holding their phones. A lot of adults do. Go to bed reading and reading emails, playing games on their phone right before they go to sleep. And so they're looking at those lights right before they go to sleep. So a lot of people can't sleep well. And these digital devices, especially right before bedtime, can interfere with our quality and our quantity of sleep. There was a study found that children who use digital devices at bedtime had significantly worse and less sleep, which that's not surprising. But it also found a connection between nighttime tech use and increased body mass index just because they're not getting enough sleep. And the researchers also found that in-bed electronic social media use had adverse effects on sleep and on their mood, which I think if I found out someone was sick, like you just mentioned on social media and I'm trying to go to sleep, I'm not going to be able to go to sleep I'm going to sit and perseverate over whatever, you know, the things that I have make, got going in my mind about that. Yeah, like for sure. And 70% of the participants check social media on their phones in bed and 15% spent more than an hour On social media in
0: their bed. Yeah, that's awful. I'm sorry. Um, That's awful. In my brain, that's awful. So I'm sorry if any of you do that, but I feel like that's a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. But here's one I thought was interesting. So this last year in 2022, based on Twitter, which I'm not a Twitter fan, but I thought that this was interesting. Based on Twitter, when it came to New Year's resolutions for 2022, digital detox was third highest compared to losing weight and quitting smoking.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. so, so there's clear people yeah indeed. people
1: know there's a problem. Yeah. Know, people recognize the problem. The biggest challenge is and we all recognize there's a problem. I mean, Edward and I are watching you know a couple of series on TV. I have my phone right there with me and half the time I'm playing, playing him on Words with Friends at the while same we're time. watching at the same time while we're <laughs> watching TV. Not enough um, technology. No. So you know and a lot of it's just because it's mindless. It's such a part of our life that we forget to just turn it off. And so for me, I have, well, I I was on the computer last night. I mean, I was on my phone last night while we were watching Outer Range, by the way. That's a pretty good show if you haven't seen that. Okay. But (laughs) anyway, But I'm on my phone playing Words with Friends while we're watching this. And I I thought about it because I knew we were talking about this today. I just started getting obsessed about how much I was on the phone. And so I think maybe tonight I'll just decide, you know, at seven o'clock, I'm just going to turn it on airplane mode. And Edwards is on. So if there's any big emergency and no one can get me, they'll call Edward. Yeah. And then check it, turn it on right before I go to bed and just double check it. Make sure nothing, the world didn't implode and then go to sleep and see how that that just, you know, little baby steps like that can help so much.
0: I I do feel like maybe it's important to define what digital detox is actually defined as in general terms is as choosing a period of time and or a space where you will be without phone, computers, Mm -hmm. anything that has a digital screen, right? And it's in order to decrease stress or to decrease social interaction with the outer world, but to also create a space of more internal examination mm-hmm. and, and or self-reflection to find peace, to find calm, to be more mindful, to be more present. And one of the things I know I had alluded to this earlier that I wanted to bring up was the idea of a digital free zone in your house. Mm-hmm. And one of those ideas is a digital free Free bedroom, and I think that that's important. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it could be anywhere, especially if I mean, if you're raising kids, small kids, and you're like, "Yep, no, no screens in your room." Like, go back to the old. Got yourself a clock on your nightstand, and you have to set an alarm. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not gonna be your phone alarm because it's too easy to, like you say, just grab that phone and have it in bed with, right? Mm -hmm. So, but I think it's kind of fun to talk about a screen-free bedroom, and then I'm gonna drop back to. screen screen-free rooms in general. Mm. But one of the reasons for why we choose to do this is so that we can feel more content. You also alluded to better sleep, which is huge. So the other would be to have more mindful mornings. Mm -hmm. So I give the example, my husband will be on the phone in the evening, but my husband is par for before he even gets out of bed. He's answered emails. He's answered text messages. And I'm like, (laughs) you're working in your underwear. In bed. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> You know,
1: I was going to mention how it affects our work-life balance because if you're always connected, you don't have those boundaries between your work life and your home life. Even when you're on vacation, it's really hard to resist that temptation to check your email, to respond to a text from work, or to check into your work social media accounts. It's it so it affects every part of our lives.
0: It totally does, and one of the things that comes up in this uh, you know article and there's a whole website on it that I it was, you know, perusing is that less accessibility. It's like, literally, there is a boundary. And where whenever we quit drawing boundaries, like, when did we quit doing that? When when mm-hmm. did it become okay to still answer work phone calls, you know, after a 10 and a half hour day already, and I'm still answering phone calls? Like, when did we lose those mm-hmm. boundaries? Uh, but and still, you know,
1: when you look at some of the studies, people that have a higher job satisfaction are not the ones that take their work home with them. 100%.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. I would totally agree with that. So, but one of the things about the importance of having a screen free room, specifically a bedroom, is to increase conversation, to increase more self reflection. Technically, better and more sex and more reading, less social media attachment, just a healthier lifestyle in general, better body image. Like there's a whole ton of them. There's whole lists of them. And so as we consider that, this example is a screen free bedroom but also think of it from a standpoint of choosing spots in your home that are screen free like i think about it in the yoga studio our actual yoga studio rooms are screen free we ask no cell phones no smart watches we ask people to leave them out of the room like this is a screen free room now some of the teachers use like an ipod for music but they're generally set to airplane mode and mm-hmm. it's literally to filter music into the room right the the consideration for a screen free room might be if you have a kitchen connected to a family room where there's a television, not having TV on during your meal. like keeping the television off, which is sometimes very hard. Like my husband grew up with a TV on the kitchen counter and they watched TV during dinner.. Oh, right? wow. So for us, mm. it's very different because mm-hmm. we did not. like we were not mm-hmm. allowed to act in our home. We weren't allowed to turn television on until after dinner after we proved our homework was done and then we could turn on TV. You know, kind of thing, and there was only one TV in the house. Now everybody's got TVs in their bedrooms, computers in their bedrooms, phones in their bedrooms. Like, there's so much technology in a bedroom now that it's, you know, sometimes crazy to think about. Well,
1: too. because people have that FOMO, that fear of missing out.
0: You know, yeah. if they don't have it right there, what are they missing? Yeah, or what? Yeah, what what mm-hmm. could be happening right now that we no. are not privy to? Yeah. So I do think it's interesting. Like, if you're going to take some time to plan a digital detox, you can do it on a Personal level, but you could also ask your family to get involved and be like, hey, Mm -hmm. this is what we want to do for this month. Let's try this. What if we don't watch so much television together? What if instead, while we were going to watch our seven o'clock show on Netflix, we instead go outside and do a little earthing together? Like, why not? Like, try and consider the elimination of some of that. After Mm -hmm. I got to reading on on this website, Becoming Minimalist, I got to thinking again about how much technology we have in our room because we charge our phones in our room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what would be the big deal if I just spent $25 on two new clocks for John and I, and I pulled all our chargers and I put a shelf out in you know the kitchen where we charged all of our cell phones. So they're not in the bedroom. Like, I wonder how much my husband would have like panic attacks about. <laughs> I would bet he will have phone. some big,
1: yeah, he would have some big panic, panic attacks. In fact, that kind of segues into some signs that you might need a digital detox. Want to know?
0: Yeah, I do. But uh- I- I okay. think I'm going to do it. I think that I might have to deal with his jitters for some time, I but I think I'm going to do it. Yeah.
1: Well, if you feel anxious or stressed out, if you can't find your phone, you might need a digital detox. If you feel compelled to check your phone every few minutes... If you feel depressed, anxious, or angry after spending some time on social media, you might benefit from a digital detox. If you're preoccupied with the likes and the comments and the reshare counts on your social media post, um, yep, you might need to check into that detox. (laughs) If you're afraid that you're going to miss something, if you don't keep checking your device, yep, take a break. You often find yourself staying up late or getting up early to play on your phone, like play games on your phone, and you have trouble constantly concentrating on one thing without having to check your phone. And I mean, how many people... When they're working on something important, they keep their phone right there beside them. And if someone calls, I mean, my kids know that if I don't pick up the first time, text me and then I'll text you back. But, you know, most of us were like, oh, my gosh, Samantha's calling. I've got to answer that right now. And it's always like, hey, hey, girl, what you doing, you know? And so we really do rely so much on getting joy from these devices when there's people in our lives that we can be getting joy from. And we're missing out. Mm
0: -hmm. Totally. I know. So now I'm kind of itching to do it. And he's out of town right now. So (laughs) it's perfect for me to just rearrange a few things. Well, (laughs) yeah, That would be awesome. You know, one
1: thing just be realistic about it and set limits. Remove your distractions, which you're talking about doing that. And then make it work for you. So if the only thing you did was move the phones out of your bedroom, that changes a lot in your world, right?
0: I have this Mm -hmm. devilish little Look on my face because I might have a plan. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, and if if you want to think about more making it work for you, can you can do like a digital fast instead of a whole detox? You can just decide, okay, just for today, I'm only gonna look at my phone on social media or whatever, morning and night. At the end. So you can make it. You can make it work in your life, or you could pick up one day a week to go uh, device free, like on Sundays when most people are home. Check your phone. One Once, once that, once that day, maybe let people that are important in your life know, Hey, I'm not going to be on my phone today. So that would be an easy way to do that. You could decide you're going to detox from just one thing. Like you mentioned detoxing from social media. If you don't want to do all of it, you could say, all right, I'm not going to be on Snapchat any for this month or whatever. And little changes like that can be uncomfortable. And at times they can almost be stressful and you might get annoyed or anxious. You might even be bored because we rely on these our cell phones and our tablets so much but so it can be hard but it's also going to be rewarding the benefits you get you know when edward and i you know we just got back from that group trip to germany edward loves to catch up on all the movies when we fly long distances so he must have watched four movies on the flight over it was a nine-hour flight i read my book the whole entire way did not watch any movies and yes my book is on my Kindle so still a screen but it was it was very nice just to not have that eye it's amazing how exhausted your mind and your eyes get when you're doing all that
0: and you know sometimes like when you travel and you don't have access like just how nice is that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i like it i do too so it'll help you have a little sharper focus have less stress and you'll have better social interactions you'll have more control of your time and we don't think about we always think about technology is saving us time, but it takes away a lot of our control of our time because we give it to the devices. So pull it back.
0: Pull it back, man. (laughs) Remove that crap from your life. (laughs) Get a a puppy that'll keep you loving and present (laughs) because they're so needy.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, she's so stinking cute.
0: (laughs) Perfect. I'm Kat Khan And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas, on a pod signing off.
1: Thank you for listening to two pittas on a pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis.
0: We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions.
1: Email us at two on a pod at gmail.com.
0: And like us on Facebook and Instagram at two on a pod.